Welcome to episode 77 of the Montana Values Podcast. In this show, we'll talk all about LR131 and the Montana legislators who frequently practice medicine without a license. Let's join our host, Tammy Fisher. We're going to talk today about the role of government in dictating how Montanans manage terminal illness. And by terminal illness, we mean terminal condition as that term is defined by Montana law. And that definition is an incurable or irreversible condition that without the administration of life-sustaining treatment will, in the opinion of the healthcare provider, result in death within a relatively short time. So, Mickey, have you ever heard of the Montana Rights of the Terminally Ill Act? I think so. I think, isn't that the one where you get to decide how you want to die? Yep, that's basically it. So when you're diagnosed with a terminal disease, do you think you should dictate the medical care you get? Yes. Do you think you should be able to refuse resuscitation, refuse nutrition, refuse a ventilator? Yes, that's what a living will essentially is for, correct? Right, and that's what the Montana Rights of the Terminally Ill Act encompasses. So why do you think you get to make that choice and not the government? Because I'm in charge of my body. It doesn't belong to the government. Boy, that sounds like a Republican principle. I would say so. And a Montana value? Pretty much. Yeah. So that's why the Montana legislature, when it developed the Montana Rights of the Terminally Ill Act, they did so because it's consistent with our Montana values of freedom, independence, and autonomy. And of course, it's also consistent with those Republican principles of less government and self-autonomy. So don't you think, though, that if the government thinks we should all live at all costs... Shouldn't the government then dictate to your physician that you must be kept on life support with tubes and ventilators? No. Why not? Well, the government isn't going to pay for my health care at this time of my life. I'm right. going to pay for that. Yep. And yeah. why else? Because my decisions about my health are mine and mine alone. I don't count on the government to help me make those decisions or to make those decisions for me. Well, and that's what's great about Montana, because long ago, Montana law and its constitution kind of encompassed all of those principles. We don't want government to tell us what to do. We don't want government to mandate what our physicians, the kind of care that they provide either. So then do you think parents should be able to decide when their child has a terminal disease, the type of health care the child receives? Yes. Do you think they should be able to tell physicians to stop resuscitation efforts and should be able to stop prolonging the death process? Yes. Why? Because the children, as long as they're minors, belong to their parents, not the government. Right. And that's that fundamental principle that Republicans have, and that's uh, embedded in Montana law, the fundamental right to parent. And what about babies that are born with terminal illness? Should parents decide what care they get or should the government? The parents get to decide that. And we see those commercials on TV, I'm sure you do too, of St. Jude's Children's Hospitals where the parents take their children to St. Jude's in the hopes that they will be able to get cutting-edge treatment and life-saving treatment. The parents decide if they're going to go that route or go a different route or not. And that's all part of parental autonomy, right? Correct. So, well, according, though, to the authoritarians in the Montana legislature, those decisions need to be made by the government and not parents. And the Regeer family wants to mandate that physicians provide life-sustaining treatment for babies born with terminal conditions. Or if those physicians don't provide that life-sustaining treatment for babies born with terminal conditions, well, 
The consequences, they'll be thrown in jail for 20 years. It's a 20-year felony. That's longer than, say, negligent homicide. So no longer do parents get to decide what type of health care their children receive. Nope, that's the role of the government, according to Matt Regeer and the authoritarians in the legislature. Who, by the way, frequently practice law without a license. Yeah, and, and now medicine. medicine. Yeah. yeah. So because the authoritarians didn't want to take the heat for voting in this stupid legislation, they chose to use the legislation as a political prop to gin up more propaganda about boogeymen and moral ales that don't exist in Montana. So let's look at this legislation that Matt Regeer decided was critical to put to the popular vote. Section 2. Findings. Purpose. 1. The state asserts a compelling interest in protecting the life of any infant born alive following an abortion. Number 2. An infant born alive is a legal person for all purposes under the laws of the state and is entitled to the protections of the laws, including the right to appropriate and reasonable medical care and treatment. Number three, in the absence of proper legal protections, newly born infants who have survived abortions have been denied appropriate life-saving or life-sustaining medical care and treatment and have been left to die. So let's stop there. So all infants born alive are already considered legal persons in Montana. So that's just redundant. We don't even need this. So we've already tackled this issue, Matt Regeer. Don't need to reiterate what's already in Montana law. So had Regeer or any other member of his authoritarian cult actually cracked open Montana Code Annotated, they would have found 452101 paragraph 29, which states, quote, human being means a person who has been born and is alive. So we've got that covered. And then we turn to homicide at Montana Code Annotated 455102. Deliberate homicide. One, a person commits the offense of deliberate homicide if A, the person purposely or knowingly causes the death of another human being. So what does knowingly mean? Well, we got to jump back to those definitions in 452101 and turn to paragraph 35. Quote, knowingly. A person acts knowingly with respect to conduct or to a circumstance described by a statute defining an offense when the person is aware of the person's own conduct or that the circumstance exists. A person acts knowingly with respect to the result of conduct described by a statute defining an offense when the person is aware that it is highly probable that the result will be caused by the person's conduct. When knowledge of the existence of a particular fact is an element of an offense, knowledge is established if a person is aware of a high probability of its existence. Equivalent terms, such as knowing or with knowledge, have the same meaning. So by withholding life-sustaining treatment that the government wants you to provide or that a parent wants you to provide to a baby... A physician could be committing either negligent or deliberate homicide, right? So if they let the ale of the baby just dine, being left to die, as this horseshit legislation says, we already have that covered. So we've covered that in Montana law. That's a crime. Can't do that. Bad, bad, bad. So totally unnecessary. We actually have all the ales that Matt and the authoritarians are so convinced and state with certainty occur covered. 
We did that way back in 1973 before I was even born. So the whole premise of this Born Alive Act is just a charade created by dum-dums whose job it is to make the law who don't even know that we have laws already in place to cover their concerns. So we start in this charade with a false premise, just a lie. And why are they lying to us? To the Montanans they are supposed to serve because they're dumb and they will tee up any packaged legislation from out-of-state lobbyists in order to maintain control of Montana and keep their jobs. They don't even do their own research or even, you know, ask legislative legal aides. The first question, which should be the first question of any legislator that is given packaged legislation from out-of-state lobbyists, hey, do we already cover this issue in Montana law? Nope. That's just too much to ask of these legislators. They can't be bothered with actually doing their job. Nuh-uh. It's more fun for them to scare Montanans, lie to us, and prop themselves up as champions for the unborn than it is for them to do their boring job that they asked us to give them. So we know that the premise of this legislation is false from the inception. So let's read on and see if it gets any better. And here's a hint. It doesn't. Section 4. Born Alive Infant Protection. Number 1. A born alive infant, including an infant born in the course of an abortion, must be treated as a legal person under the laws of the state with the same rights to medically appropriate and reasonable care and treatment. So as we stated before, Part 1 is covered already since 1973 in Montana. So the whole born alive infant it must be treated as a legal person, we've already got that covered. Did in 1973. But part two is a real doozy. Number two, a healthcare provider who is present at the time a born alive infant is born shall take all medically appropriate and reasonable actions to preserve the life and health of the infant. Now that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Seems reasonable. Sure. Yeah, well, it ain't. And here's why. Regeer and whatever lobbyist package this horseshit legislation intentionally left out definitions for medically appropriate and reasonable actions. But we know that whatever they do must preserve the life and health of an infant. Must preserve the life and health of an infant. So who dictates what is medically appropriate or reasonable? Yeah, well, that's the government, dummy. It won't be the doctor's. They aren't deferring to doctors or the board of medical examiners. The authoritarians get to make that determination when they hire quacks or doctor experts to prosecute Montana healthcare providers. So how will healthcare providers respond to this legislation if it's passed? Doctors won't proceed with anything but the most aggressive care because it's the government that gets to decide what's reasonable. And the government when it prosecutes these physicians, will hire people like Annie Bukacek to decide what reasonable actions consist of. So there's not a physician in Montana that's going to risk 20 years in prison by acting in their own professional judgment. Nope. They will veer towards the most aggressive and barbaric life-extending treatment possible to avoid prison. Because remember, the law will tell them that every action they take has the goal to preserve the life of the infant. Isn't that fun? So how do we know that? Well, because the government's Gestapo will be watching. 
Let's look at Section 6 of this brilliant legislation. Section 6. Mandatory Reporting. A healthcare provider, medical facility, or employee or volunteer of a medical facility that has knowledge of a failure to comply with the requirements of the law shall immediately report the failure to law enforcement. Well, hot dog! Now we have the enemies in our midst ratting each other out. Even volunteers at the hospital who have no idea what's going on in that room, well, if they think that maybe a baby was born alive and that doctor isn't shoving tubes down their throat and into their veins and into their feet and into their belly, well, then they're not doing everything they can to comply with this law. So we got rats in our midst, just like in The Handmaid's Tale, just like the perfect utopia that the authoritarians are happy to send us all to. Now, listen, Matt threw in the hot button term of abortion clinic to this insane legislation because it'll fire up the base. But he also included every hospital and clinic in Montana. So since none of these buffoons know anything about real life in a hospital or clinic, let's talk about real life. I've been asked by physicians over the course of my career to explain to them abortion law in Montana. And abortion law in Montana considering what it could be, is pretty well-crafted. As most folks who know me are aware, I don't like elective abortion, but I am practical and recognize that government bans are futile. They will just lead to women dying in the streets. So I prefer increasing education and access to birth control to prevent the root cause of elective abortion, which is unintended pregnancy. And we know those two initiatives work and they work well because we have less abortion today than we did when it was legalized in 1972. What doesn't work are hard dates. So some places, some states do a 26 week or a third trimester type of legislation. Well, that can't account for advancement in medical knowledge and science. So for states that allow elective abortion to 27 weeks, Well, I know that babies cry in the womb at 27 weeks when they're poked. And I know that because I was in a meeting where physicians were discussing in utero surgery. They weren't talking about abortion. They were talking about fixing a fetal anomaly during pregnancy. So this is surgery that's performed in the uterus while the baby is in there. They were talking about the best approach for the surgical technique, and when referencing one technique, they indicated they no longer use that approach as it causes the baby to cry in pain in utero. Not yet born, but in the womb. So that is a hard pass for me. And it shouldn't take more legislation to keep up with medical advancements. That's why viability, in my opinion, is a good legislative standard. That's a good government standard. Because as we know more, that window for elective abortion decreases. And I think it should, because no woman wants to hurt a baby. And when we know more, we do better. So I think Montana got it right. Elective abortion is legal up until viability. So what's viability? Well, under Montana law, viability means the ability of a fetus to live outside the mother's womb, albeit with artificial aid. So we have premature babies at 22 weeks that with the magic of medicine can survive. And because medicine has advanced, Montana's recognition of that advancement is found in our laws that issue birth and death certificates. If a baby is stillborn or dies after 20 weeks of gestation, they receive a death certificate. That tells us that the baby at 20 weeks of gestation was a baby, a human. 
Parents may also request a birth certificate for their baby that dies after 20 weeks of gestation. And why have we as Montanans chosen to acknowledge that babies are humans and not just clumps of cells while in utero? Because there isn't a mother alive who has wanted a baby and believed her baby was anything less than a human being at 20 weeks of pregnancy. When I was pregnant, my children were my children, and I was attached to them long before their delivery. I had them named by 20 weeks of pregnancy. I felt them move at 20 weeks of pregnancy. And there is no parent on the planet that will tell a woman who miscarries that their baby wasn't a baby. Because that would be cruel. So viability is where Montana lands. No abortion once a child is viable. What if parents learn of birth defects after 20 weeks? What if the defect renders the baby non-viable, where their condition is incompatible with life or is terminal? Well, if the defect renders the baby non-viable, where their condition is incompatible with life or it's a terminal condition, then that baby may be delivered because it is not viable. And remember, viability isn't eugenics. It's not baby has Down syndrome, so not viable. That's not the case because Down's babies without other defects are absolutely viable. And when there were laws in the U.S., like in 1927, when the government mandated Down's babies be aborted, that was the same kind of government overreach to the hilt. But I digress. Anyway, here's some real-life examples of a non-viable post-20-week pregnancy. I remember when a group of physicians wanted to ensure they had a policy that respected Montana law, that was compassionate in its implementation, that deferred to parents and their right to make healthcare decisions for themselves and their children, and that accounted for fetal anomalies that were incompatible with life. These physicians did not perform elective abortions at all. They weren't interested in that, but they were interested in ensuring the care they provided was appropriate when a non-viable pregnancy occurred. And they used a lot of medical terminology that I don't understand, but out of the multiple devastating terminal conditions they discussed, one stood out to me for some reason. I still remember it. It was called anencephaly. It's hard to say, but here's what it is. A birth defect where a child is born without parts of a brain and skull It affects one in every 4,600 babies born in the United States. No cure for anencephaly exists. Children born with the defect die shortly after birth. I personally teared up when they were discussing the condition because I cannot imagine how difficult it would be to go through labor knowing your child would only survive for minutes or hours. And what currently happens when these children are born is the physician will do their level best to ensure no one is in pain and allow the child to be cradled and comforted in their parents' arms until the child passes. And providing compassionate comfort care that the parents request is the aim of physicians when a baby is born with a terminal illness. It's the same care physicians provide to parents when teenage children who are on life support and parents wish to withdraw that life support. But now, due to the ignorance of a bunch of white men in our authoritarian legislature, if LR131 passes, those parents will no longer be able to comfort their dying child after birth. Instead, a physician will be mandated to provide futile, painful, and medically unethical resuscitation efforts or else face 20 years in prison. 
this legislation violates other laws we have had on the books for decades. It's the antithesis of the Montana Rights of the Terminally Ill Act, where government mandates that Montanans get to decide what medical treatment they want when they have a terminal illness. Nope. Now it's not going to apply for babies. Government gets to decide for babies, not the parents. And it completely undermines another law, a pretty important one to us parents. 40-6-701. Interference with fundamental parental rights restricted. Cause of action. 1. A governmental entity may not interfere with the fundamental right of parents to direct the upbringing, education, health care, and mental health of their children. But interfering with parental rights started with John Fuller's vagina checkpoints and blocking medical decision-making between a parent and a physician. And what's really interesting is that in 2011, the Republican legislature passed a resolution that states, Whereas the right of parents to direct the upbringing and education of their children is a fundamental right protected by the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the state of Montana, and whereas our nation has historically relied on parents first and foremost to meet the real and constant needs of children, and whereas the interests of children are best served when parents are free to make child-rearing decisions about education, religion, and other areas of a child's life without state interference, and whereas in 1972, the United States Supreme Court in Wisconsin versus Yoder 406 U.S. 205 held that the primary role of the parents in the upbringing of their children is now established beyond debate as an enduring American tradition. And whereas, this amendment will add explicit text to the Constitution of the United States to protect in perpetuity the rights of parents as they are now enjoyed without substantive change to current federal or state laws relating to these rights. Apparently, no one in the last legislative session was paying attention to the 2011 resolution because now the authoritarians are hell-bent on making substantive changes to current state laws relating to the fundamental right to parent. And of course, that principle of patient autonomy embedded in Montana law through the Rights of the Terminally Ill Act is just no longer of any concern to these authoritarians. The hypocrisy of these morons is absolutely incredible. LR-131 violates virtually every Republican principle of less government and honoring parental rights. LR-131 deliberately attempts to scare Montanans into believing that elective abortion up to the moment of birth is legal when the same has been illegal for decades. These authoritarians don't trust Montanans. They don't trust Montana healthcare providers. And they don't trust Montana parents to do what is best for their children. The scare tactics embedded in LR-131 are simply political propaganda issued by authoritarians to gin up support for a boogeyman and a moral ale that doesn't exist in Montana. But the result is cruel and unusual punishment imposed on babies and their parents who need to grieve, who need to cradle and comfort their dying children, and who need compassionate caregivers who can assist dying children with a peaceful death instead of futile and barbaric procedures that do nothing but prolong the agony of death. Folks, as Montanans, 
We have to stand up to this nonsense. Our state and our families depend upon it. If we don't vote no on LR-131, there is no doubt in my mind that the next missive we will get from authoritarian legislators with zero medical background will be a mandate that physicians treat cancer with goji juice. Stop this insanity. This legislation has nothing to do with decreasing abortion in our state. It has no purpose but to impose cruelty upon our most vulnerable Montanans who depend on us to protect them. Vote no on LR-131. Thank you for taking us with you on your journey today. And we'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Montana Values Podcast. Consider sponsoring the show by going to our website, montanavaluespodcast.com, locating the sponsor page and clicking on the donate button. Follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at MTValues. Find us on Podbean or wherever you get your podcasts. What's your favorite Montana value? How do you live it? Write to us. Our email address is montanavaluespodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time.